0: I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com.
1: Welcome to an all new Better Podcasting live chat. I am Stephen John Drew, and with me, of course, is Stargate Pioneer.
0: You know, for the video watchers, viewers, they're noticing the juxtaposition between you and me. Because you're, you're the Canadian, you're the one that lives in the tundra in an igloo, and yes. yet I got four measly inches of snow here, and I'm all bundled up in my geeky jersey, just kind of cold in yeah. the podcast room.
1: No, not here, not here. You know, it's, it's cooler for our weather, but I'm in a, a polo t-shirt for the audio listener. And Stargate Pioneer, you should see his ugly Christmas sweater he's got on right now.
0: Christmas sweater, it's Kiki jersey. It's it's Flynn's arcade man from Tron. You're messing up my Zen, man.
1: If you're checking out the show for the first time this time, thank you. Thanks for checking us out. And this is our companion to the Better Podcasting main show. Both of these though can be found over at betterpodcasting.com. And like Mister Pioneer mentioned there, or Mister P, as he always says. Call me SP. SP. Call me SP. So as SP said, uh, we have a video companion. So if you want to see our ugly mugs, go ahead and check them out. And uh, you can do that at betterpodcasting.com. And this is where we kind of fly by the seat of our pants. And we talk a little bit about some of the latest happenings in our podcasting world, the other people's podcasting world that submits ideas to us as well as just general podcasting things that have come up. And I want to kick us off with a recent discourse in our Discord about last week's Better Podcasting main show. This is something that I think we should... We should talk about right now. So
0: what episode was it? It was two thirty nine, right?
1: two thirty nine. Today we were recording this on Tuesday, December 1st. If you didn't know that, that's when we live stream this show. And the Better Podcasting main show is on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And so this dropped two days ago, uh, the Better Podcasting 239 episode. And we had somebody come in and it was Randy Walker and said, why does SP sound so different in this episode? That's more or less what he said. And here's the thing with that. SP, as he was previewing it, also noticed something that was different. And so I, did. I was out when this message came in and was trying to figure out what was going on. And I thought to myself, okay, there's a po- couple possibilities of what could have happened with this episode. Because what happens is because we have this video companion to this show, I go and I save the video version and I save the MP3. And I always preview the video version to make sure I haven't screwed something up and left like a, a logo over top, you know, uh, in the wrong spot or cut out the video. Right. So I always when I'm previewing it and I'm previewing it on 1.5 to 2 times speed, I go and I, I play the video version while I'm there. So I thought to myself, well, it could possibly have been something with the MP3 export because when I went to do the MP3 from Magic's Vegas Movie Studio, it hung and it crashed. And I deleted a bunch of temporary files and I did a whole bunch of things and I couldn't get it to work. So sometimes this has happened occasionally where something goes wrong with the individual project file. And from there exporting is just not going to happen. You've basically broken the file at that point. And at that point, I went, okay, I've got the MP4 here that I've already done. So let's go ahead and turn that into an audio. So I went and I created a new session in Magic's Vegas Movie Studio. And I ended up um, saving the MP3 at that point. So we basically did an MP4 to MP3 conversion. Well, I've complained about this before for some stupid reason. Magic Vegas Movie Studio, by default, on an audio track, it adds some compression and some EQ, just some very basic things on there. Like That's default on any track in there. So I thought maybe I add, left that in there. I'll, I usually go in and remove that if I've done this, because I've done this sort of thing before where I've used the MP4 to export. And I do couldn't verify this because I just did it as sort of like a throwaway file. I did the conversion and then I closed the session and it didn't save that, that conversion session file. And then I thought, well, maybe because of that problem, potentially, you know, I, I apply some equalization and some cleanup on our tracks and to make it all level and things like that. Maybe one of those plugins didn't work in the export because the project file is clearly corrupt now. Maybe it didn't apply one of those on SP's track. So today I went through and behind the scenes, and if you go to our Discord server, there'll be some links in there if you want to check them out. I went and I did a comparison and I I did a a bunch of different things. I I redid the MP4 conversion and I rebuilt the project file. So basically I went in and I started from Fresh, a new Vegas movie studio file. I copied and pasted all of the stuff and then went in and manually added on all of the uh, effects again and things like that just to make sure it was complete. And then I cross-referenced it from something like a month ago to make sure that I hadn't screwed something up in the settings and it all matched. And so I sent this to SP offline and we did a little bit of a check. And neither of us could really hear the difference between any of the clips, the posted version, the re-render, so to speak, of the MP3 the and i also threw in um something from last week i tried to find similar clips from the previous episode do 38 to put in there and they kind of all sounded similar so we got to do a little bit of a comparison and in our discord server i'm going to submit the the re the recompleted version where i rebuilt the file so everybody can listen to the whole thing and hear if they hear anything different and at this point, if there's a difference, we don't know specifically what it is. SP's had some hardware, things that he's changed, his inputs, potentially that uh, could just be, you know, there was some other external factor that was causing it to sound different. Like, I don't know, maybe more, diff- I don't know, more reverb or something like that. I don't. I don't know. We don't really know what the difference could be. Like maybe maybe all his room echoed differently that day. I don't know. I, I really don't know what the difference would have been because at the moment, we're not really hearing, when we compare to previous things, we're not really hearing much different. But SP heard a difference when he, when he played it. Randy Walker said it. Nobody else said anything. And we have one other theory. And this is where I'm getting to at the end of this. I use Stargate Pioneer's Gonna Geek pre-roll at the very beginning. Those pre-rolls, when I designed them, I specifically designed them to be heavily, heavily, uh, I guess I'll call it modulated, because I wanted them to sound a certain way with everybody. So there's a lot of compression on there. There's very specific EQ on there. And I've even got a couple plugins with... um. Because every the network, not everybody had consistent noise removal. So there's there's some um, D-Verb on there as well. There's, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's basically one of the plugins I have is, quote, for voiceover sort of thing. So it adds all sorts of effects that I personally wouldn't want on my podcast, but I want it on the pre-roll. And we're thinking maybe it was a placebo effect that because we had that pre-roll of SP... And immediately after him speaking with the other stuff, maybe it was that contrast that caused that. We don't know. I don't, we don't know what it is. We're hoping, because again, we're recording this like two days after it was released. We're hoping that eventually we'll get somewhere with a bunch of different ears on it, but it may have been a placebo effect. So I wanted to mention that right now and sort of lay it all out. I think it's a fun story that we can kind of delve, we could delve into there and see where it lands at the end of it.
0: We'll have to see. I listened to it several times. I listened to the one that I downloaded, which was the first one that everybody has gotten into their feeds. And I definitely noticed the difference in between the pre-roll and what we call the cold opening. And that's what set me aside and like, wow, but it did sound extra reverby to me and it sounded a little bit thinner. So we'll see if it's how I've got my gear dialed in. And I just didn't notice it in between the pre-roll and what we were looking at. I have no idea if it's hardware. I have no idea if it's software or the or the rendering. Although I did listen to the raw recording, which seemed fine to me. So I don't know. Betsy in the chat says that she noticed it when she was listening to the latest episode in the car today and she says it's amazing how you pick things things up when you power listen to the back catalog so betsy's been doing a lot of listening to our episodes thank you betsy
1: and that's why i'm going to go and i'm not going to do the replacement right now the majority of our core listenership will have already gotten the new file i'll i'll come back to that and i'm just going to go and i'm going to in our discord put some other ears on it i'll put the the project file where i've i've recreated the project file from scratch, compare the effects to from weeks ago. I'll, I'll give that in our discord server so that everybody can take a look and compare it to what is posted and then get more ears on there and, and sort of have other people compare and contrast. Because if we don't hear any difference whatsoever between, between the posted version as it is now and the one where I rebuilt and I've verified the processing is exactly as it was a month ago then that indicates there was another factor that wasn't in the editing and we got to figure it out. So, uh, you know, and I look forward to having everybody else's ears on there because, you know, when I sent these to SP, I admitted maybe I'm too close. And to a degree, SP could be too close. So I look forward to everybody else and someone who doesn't listen to us all the time.
0: (laughs) Or maybe they do listen to us all the time so they could tell the intricacies of everything. Uh, We did get a question in the chat to lead everything off, and it was from Betsy, and she said, Hi, I'm going to multitask tonight, which is not my forte. I'll tell you, Betsy, it's not my forte either. But if you're going to multitask at least one of the things listening to Better Podcasting Live chat, it's a good decision. So I'm going over a logo artwork that a college student sent me and refining an episode list. I'll be listening in. My question is... Do I sign up for my podcast media host now or wait until I have an episode ready? Thanks. Well, Stephen, let's just get this out of the way. You're more of the self-hosting guy. I mean, you, you have used Libsyn because we use it on the main show. You have used Pinecast. So you have used media host, but you're the more self-hosting guy between the two of us. I am. Okay. So I'm the more I'm going to use a podcast media host because it's easier guy here. And because of that, I'll go ahead and take lead on this question. Unless, Stephen, you have uh, something you want to say.
1: I'm sure I'll agree with you at the end. So go ahead. I
0: doubt that. Whenever we talk about media hosts, it's always it's always a back and forth between us. So anyway, uh, what I would say is that, yes, you could crack the whip open and get your podcast, select your podcast media host and start your account now, but it's going to be meaningless until you actually put an episode in there. So I would say I I would save your money and I would just wait until your episode one is ready and then, or trailer or whatever you're going to put out there. As soon as you need an RSS feed, then I would get your podcast media host if that is where you're going to get your RSS feed from and it is simply a, a money saving thing because i don't know of any deals out there where if you don't move today you're going to be locked in, you know you're going to be locked into a lower rate forever like i have a pinecast account even though i don't have a show on there yet it's one's coming but i don't have one on there yet cuz i wanted to be grandfathered into the $5 a month plan it's $10 a month now i believe but I wanted to be grandfathered in there because I know it's going to be a long-term thing, and I'm going to be paying this money for a long time. So I just wanted to, to make sure that I got in at the lower price. But I don't know of any other deal out there right now that's like that. So I would just wait until you're ready. That's my input, at least. Uh, Steven, you just going to agree with me here, or are you? gonna I
1: agree. No, <laughs> okay. um, I no, I, I do agree be- because of the fact that. Uh, What you said, I don't know any huge deals that are run. Like Even for Black Friday deals and things like that, there usually are, here's your first month free. Well, that first month free is often readily available at other times as well because they're trying to get your foot in the door. Um, So why would you waste that free month on nothing? The only reason is if you have a target in mind and you're like, and for sure, Because there's lots of people who have great ambitions, myself included. There's several times I had great ambitions of launching a new podcast in two months, and two months came and went. But if you know for sure you're going to launch soon, I think there's benefit to signing up ahead of time to get familiar with the process of using the interface and things like that. I think it's a lot to get your episode recorded, edited together, and ready for release, in addition to learning. Your media host. So in that regard, like if you know that it's a month out, I think it might it might benefit you to a couple weeks before start getting in there. But again, if you know for sure you're gonna launch on a certain day.
0: The other reason that I would go ahead and grab it as soon as you could is if you were worried about copyright Mm. or if you're worried about having the domain name in your registrar or in your media host. So if there was another podcast with the same name, like if there was another better podcasting out there in Lipson, because that's where our main host is, then I would have wanted to get there first. That's true. So that we could have it in the RSS feed. Now it's an RSS feed. Nobody's really going to see it, but if I could shorten it to, the R- RSS feed to just better podcasting instead of like better podcasting podcast or, or whatever we'd have to make or better pod, wh- whatever we'd have to make the RSS feed, then I would want to go ahead right away and do it. But if your name is not that searched, then I wouldn't worry about it. Although we'll talk about podcast statistics in a little bit. 2020 has been a banner year for podcasts. I mean, in, yeah. in every sense of the word. And if you're worried about somebody else having your name in your media host that you selected, then I would worry about it. But again, nobody's going to see the RSS.
1: And as a hobby podcaster, I think it's worth considering whether you think you are close to launching or not. Because again, it's a lot of money to sit there and spend 10 to $20 a month if you're not launching for a year. That's a lot. SP and mm-hmm. I are, are people who probably have registered too many domain names. Well, here's the thing. Domain names often come with the promo where they cost you a couple bucks on the onset, right? They're they're a lot less expensive than a recurring monthly fee. And there's been many times we've dumped those after a year. We, we, there's, we won't say the names on here, but there's lots that him and I both have. And if that was a monthly fee, that would have added up very, very quickly. So I would be cautious of that. If, if you don't know and you're thinking you're maybe a year or more away, I don't know. I, is, is it worth registering just to hold that? I don't know. I might register the domain because of what I said. It's usually a lot cheaper and it's an annual fee. I would probably do that to at least get your foot in the door on that.
0: Plus, people will see the domain name or you <laughs> will say the domain name. You will never say your RSS feed name, the URL behind it. You you just won't. So it, it'll go. You'll copy and paste it into different things. But for the most part, people aren't going to remember your RSS feed by the name. Uh, Liberty Dude had another question in there. He asks, what do you think about uploading a test episode before launch to be taken down before launch? Now, I have some ideas here, but Stephen, you want to start with this one?
1: Again, I think if you've never done a podcast before, I think that um, you should familiarize yourself with that. And if you're not submitting it to anywhere, I think you should do a test to go through the motion. Uh, if you are going to submit it to somewhere, you, I personally don't think you should because all sorts of things suck those down. And I would probably just make it, if you were going to do a test and you haven't submitted it to anywhere and your media host for sure doesn't automatically submit the places i i would do a quick test and it would should be a simple file hey i'm just giving this a test if you're checking this out come back soon the full podcast will launch and i wouldn't do a full episode to launch in there because again that gives the impression that you're you're gone i would personally make it a very clear this is a test and and go through the motions and once you've gone through the motions i would pull it down very quickly i think if you're going to go and do a test episode i think you should do your episode one like like a true episode um if you're going to actually go as far as to put it up there behind the scenes test whole other thing you're going to put it all out on the internet i say do your episode one when you do that
0: A couple of thoughts here. If you go with a media host like Libsyn has this capability, I don't know if other places have this capability or not, but Libsyn has the capability to choose where you are submitting it to, where you're submitting the episode to, or where you're not submitting the episode to. Uh, So if you only want it to go into your RSS feed or not, you you can put it in your feed, basically, and then you can play with things there And not have it available to be, as Stephen was saying, to go to the different places, even if you've already submitted it to there. So that's another way to look at it. So Stephen's saying if you haven't submitted your RSS feed to anywhere and you're sure that your media host isn't automatically submitting your stuff, then you can go ahead and put it in your feed so you can take it down later. I'm saying if you don't actually submit it to be published to any of those feeds or any of those destinations or whatever your podcast media host calls it, then you can do that. So that's one way. Another thing that I'm going to say is if you use Pinecast or Captivate or Transistor or Buzzsprout, those media hosts, I believe, all allow multiple RSS feeds from the same account. So if you have one of those podcast media hosts there, I would make up a fictitious rss feed or a test rss feed just so you get everything down so you can see if your media host is going to submit it anywhere or whatever and you could get the process down that way i'm a little bit unclear here is what liberty dude is asking if he's asking for if you think it's a good idea to have a trailer out there before you start your your uh actual episodes that you would take down later or if it's just a test. So if it's a trailer, I would put it on your actual RSS feed and I would feel comfortable taking it down later, but just know that once it's out in the internet, it could possibly be out there forever. Now, I say that and then there's a lot of podcasts that have been lost over the years because they haven't been assimilated by anywhere, but I would just assume if it's out in the internet, it's possibly out in the internet and could come back to to haunt you in the future if you're worried about that sort of thing, but I haven't seen that in podcasting in a long time.
1: And Betsy also brings up the idea of an episode zero. Definitely, that could be something that you use for that mechanical test as well. If you want to find out more about ideas behind episode zero, uh, go to betterpodcasting.com slash 183. That will take you to episode 183 and of Better Podcasting. And we talked all about the concept of episode zeros.
0: Bangs Nutty Bits, Bits asked a question in the chat. Does Google still add feeds from the search? Uh, good question. To my knowledge, I think Google only adds the feeds or the ones that have the tag in the website.
1: I don't That's know. That's
0: my understanding.
1: I don't know. I'm not sure that it ever evolved past where we first discovered it. I think there's issues when you don't have the code in there, but I think they still are. Indexing random feeds, and I'm—I don't know for sure, but I know back when we discovered that a long time ago, it was—it was happening across the board that they're indexing. So, okay, I'm not sure, uh, but hey, that's a whole other conversation. Now, let's talk briefly here about um, a a thing that happened a couple of weeks ago in our live chat. And we'll bounce all over the place here because I want to mention this. This was something we didn't get a chance to talk about last live chat. Uh, This was way back in episode 20 of the Better Podcasting live chat. I say way back. And we were going to talk about it in 21, but we had lots of great questions and those were were better. So if you, when you listen to Better Podcasting 20 live chat, well, was it live chat? Might have been the better podcasting main show that come to think No, of
0: it. it was live chat, live I remember, chat? Okay. because you had to edit it and we were talking about the editing thing. That's I, I remember, that's I've true. listened to it that, again. Yeah. That's
1: true, it was live chat, number 20. There was a little dance that SB did about a certain, uh, he read an email that from some spam and we ridiculed it and said how spam is terrible and personally uh, for us, makes us think lowly about your podcast if you're going to go blanket spam to things that are unrele- irrelevant and when it's obviously blanket spam. But when I went in there, what did I do, SP? What happened when I actually posted the show?
0: You had edited, you had cutted it, and you had uh, used the better podcasting, uh, dun-dun, when I said certain things or certain whole certain paragraphs were just shortened to dun-dun. And, and, you know, I, as I was reading it, I cringed because I was like, I don't really want to be doing this, but I, I've already opened the can of worms. So let's just com- continue going down the place. And afterwards, Stephen and I were talking about it, and he said, well, I, I might edit it. We'll see how I feel. And I'm glad he edited it because I don't think that spammer should have been given any additional promotion to our audience than he got. From it was a he right yeah then he got from us just talking about it on the live show so if you got the live show there you got a a, a better podcasting live chat classic yeah. that won't be available anywhere and and I doubt I'll make that mistake again where I'm talking about specifics on on somebody that uh, we don't want to promote anymore basically it's it's not that we don't want to call the person out we don't want to promote the person. Uh, because of the fact of the spammy sort of stuff in the email, they didn't even know who we were. They didn't. They were just going through a list of emails that were attached to RSS feeds, basically. Is is what I could figure. Maybe they cracked the Apple API and they were harvesting them from there or something. I don't know, but uh, that's what happened. Also, I was scratching my head over why I believe it was sent to me and not our our podcast email, but that has been changed. So uh, it shouldn't happen again.
1: And I want to clarify, by the way, I did not remove paragraphs. I removed only names and like and production companies, like anything that could have been googled more or less. Um, I I removed. Um, and I just specifically I wanted to keep the rest of the email, but like SB said, I didn't want to give them the attention. So you know, it would it would have been effective marketing in in some capacity. If I didn't censor, it was the way I looked at it. And, you know, I think it's worth acknowledging this show here. We do say we market it as a unedited, mostly program. That's what it is. It's very rare that I go in and edit the show. That was obviously an example of where I do. And because of that, I I took the approach that I did. Now, because that was sort of unplanned. And as Sp said, he was thinking about it as he went, like, do I want to do this? If it was the better podcasting main show. Now that I remember this, we we would have likely.
0: Oh, we would have just stopped.
1: T- Stop, taking it out. Maybe he would have gone and redone it or he would have, yeah, you know, I would have. self-censored. I, right.
0: Yeah. I would have stopped in the middle and I would have said, Stephen, we're, we need to reset. I don't want to. I don't want to read this whole thing and, is what I would have said.
1: And I think it is worth that, worth considering that, you know, if you go through and you do something and as you're editing it or you're thinking about it after, you're like, ah, I really don't want that in. It's okay to take it out. But we we had a point we treat the show as mostly unedited. And so that's why I took that approach. And it was really fun. I, I like to find the opportunity to, to use the better podcasting two beats, <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. So we got about 15 minutes left here tonight, and I've got a couple of, of points. Steven, you have a point, but before we get to any of that, I want to ask our chat room a question. It is Tuesday following American Thanksgiving, which was uh, Black Friday following that, and then Cyber Monday. So I just want to ask our chat room, we could talk about it as we go along, but did you get anything podcast related for yourself or for another podcaster on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or, you know, shopping online? During the deals here. So if you, you have, please let us know what you got and and why you got it and maybe the price if, if you're willing to say that and what kind of sale deal you got. And uh, we will just talk about that as we go. Uh, now, one thing that I wanted to say was about Buzzsprout. Sprout has been, you know, for a long time, if you're a long time listener of Better Podcasting, the, the main show, I've referenced the statistics that Libsyn has given out. And Of all the podcasts, posts out there, Libsyn was always statistically relevant just because of the amount of shows that they have. Well, Buzzsprout came out with some statistics of their own, which we'll go into a second. But the question was, are they statistically relevant? Like how many shows do they have about all the total shows out there? And ListenNotes.com has a podcast stats page that they actually talk about how many podcasts are out there, the new podcasts by year. And like I said, 2020 has just been a banner year with 800,000 new podcasts. And before that, the biggest year was 2019 and that wasn't even 400,000 new podcasts. But of note, they run down how many podcasts are out there per RSS hosting domains. And Buzzsprout, is up there at 79,926 podcasts. Libson is right underneath there at 77,709. So just by saying 70,000 is statistically relevant or 80,000 is statistically relevant, Buzzsprout, just like Libsyn, is statistically relevant. So Buzzsprout has been showing these statistics on their website of how many downloads per podcast app is out there, per devices, per device types, and uh, episode downloads for seven days, that sort of thing, what's the average. And if you click right underneath the title, it says Bus Sprout Platform Stats, and I'll put the link in the chat and we'll put it in the show notes. But if you click on that, that is the month. And right now, they have October 2020 and November 2020. So I'm just going to click on October 2020. So in October 2020, Apple Podcasts was only 47% of all of Buzzsprout downloads. Spotify was number two at 24.4%. Now, Apple also has other percentages, like Apple iTunes, they call it out separately, is 1.4%. And I don't think there's any other. So it's really more than 47%. It's like 48.4% just between those two. If I click on the October 2020 and I go to November 2020, uh, and November 2020 is over. So I I don't, I'm pretty sure that these stats are real time. So they're only for the, the 30 days of the month. Apple Podcasts. Now remember what it was in October, it was 47%, right? Apple Podcasts. 32.3%. Wow. That is a severe change from just a couple of years ago when Libsyn was talking about the stats of all Apple downloads being on the order of 70%. That's less than half. And even if you put in the 1.5% of Apple iTunes on top of that, that is 33.8%. Apple Podcasts is no longer the gigantic club in podcasting. Now, they're still big. They're still number one. But they're not like number one and nobody else is going to catch me. Spotify is a close number two at 25.5%. Steven, did you take a look at these stats?
1: Uh, I took a quick surface view and I was not following. Are these for sure active?
0: Yeah, it actually says Active Podcasts in November 2020, Active Podcasts, 84,646. If you go to October of 2020, Active Podcasts is 82,574.
1: Oh, so that's, well, that's interesting. Hmm. Well then, I'm glad to see that Apple's perch or falling off of its perch. I like that. Makes me feel I good. I you might.
0: <laughs> I thought you might. Absolutely. So it's just interesting. I don't know what the Lipson numbers are. I haven't listened to the feed in quite some time, so I, I I wouldn't be able to tell you what those numbers are off the top of my head. But like I said, it used to be 70% and I knew it was falling, but I'd be interested to see the correlation on, on Lipson's numbers here to see what the percentage of Apple is for them. But I was kind of discounting Buzzsprout's numbers until I saw the total number of podcasts, and active podcasts that they were touting, 80,000 that's the same that Lipson has. So That's yeah. awesome.
1: That's yeah. great. And as I've said before, I like um, competition. I think competition is good and it helps the consumer. Uh, speaking of hosts and things like that, you might have seen this past weekend that there was maybe an outage with, a host that you were using or trying to check out or a bunch of different websites and the internet because there was yet another Amazon Web Service outage, wasn't there, SP?
0: There was. So Amazon uh, Web Services had an outage which took out some of the podcasters out there, Anchor, RSS Podcasting, and WNYC, among others. Uh, This is just to say what we've been touting since... uh, First episode, really, is is have your backups ready to go. And part of your backups is your RSS feed. So I know we talked about that in episode 65, which we compared the self-hosting and RSS feed, self-hosting the the media hosts, the media for podcasting and media hosts. Uh, Having a, a good, solid media host that will back it up or yourself, if you're doing it, make sure you have everything backed up, ready to go. Uh, That can enable downloads where people wouldn't have downloaded before. Now, we don't monetize. But if I was monetizing and I missed out on downloads that would actually count for making money in the CPM, the the cost per thousand of of, uh, downloads out there, I would want to get as many downloads as possible. And even a day's outage, even an hour's outage could mean money. So I would make sure that I would have a backup there. I would make sure that I had a backup, uh, uh anyway. So I'm not going to fault these places for, for not having a backup because Amazon Web Services has actually been rock solid for quite some time. Matter of fact, we talked about how Podbean transitioned to Amazon Web Services a few years ago and they were having problems until they did. Uh, so. It's not just going to be podcasting that's affected Amazon Web Services they host a lot of web traffic over there that's not podcast related. But just to, to tell you that this sort of stuff does happen.
1: I'll go as far as to say that I agree you should have backups and things like that. But as far as this outage goes, I will go as far as to say it should be a non-consideration if your host was affected. Because Amazon Web Service is... You hear, you hear a lot of people make the case against people using Amazon Web Service for their own hosting and things like that. Because that is different than companies that are using Amazon Web Service. Because here's the bottom line is Amazon Web Service is a massive, massive thing within the internet. In fact, if I remember correctly, even uh, the Amazon Voice Assistant that I won't mention the name, so setting off a bunch of devices had outages in some places because of this. This is, this was a, a massive thing because Amazon Web Services is that big and if they have an outage. And there are big outages in different parts of huge um, infrastructures that serve a whole bunch of like different hostings and, and are essentially the backbones of all sorts of different websites. So I will I will say that as far as this outage goes, there was a lot of different websites and players and companies involved with this. If your web host was one of it, if someone wants to try to say, well, that's why you shouldn't host on that person, I will call BS on that because this was a massive thing. And Amazon Web Service is not a bad thing by any means, because there are many, many big corporations and big websites that use Amazon Web Service.
0: Yeah, so... Bangs Nutty Bits, by the way, just to get back to the uh, Buzzsprout conversation, he said Buzzsprout's free tier brings in younger broker podcasters and Spotify also serves that audience. Let me give you my quick thoughts on Buzzsprout, because I don't think I have on the show before. Uh, The content is counted in terms of hours instead of file size, which is different from a lot of long term podcast media hosts out there. Uh, It's not necessarily bad. It's just different. I don't like to think of my audio in those terms. I did it with Spreaker and I didn't like it. So. That's just a like versus dislike thing, and I think it's personal. But I will say that it re-encodes, Buzzsprout anyway, re-encodes audio to 96 kilobits per second mono. uh, If you come in above that, unless you pay for other options, like their Magic Mastering, which depending on what plan you use is between six and 12 additional dollars per month. Like I said, it depends on your plan of how much audio you plan on uh, loading up I did look into the bandwidth limitation that Buzzsprout has. It used to be 250 gigabytes. They have upped that to 500 gigabytes per month at the lower level plans. And if you bust that, they will put you into the professional level plans, which is a lot more money. We don't talk about that on this show, but we like to keep things at the hobby level. I'll tell you, different media hosts do it different ways and they all do it. They will, if you're using enough bandwidth, they will bump you up, but You don't hear about it too much with some of the other longer-serving podcast media hosts, but this is Buzzsprout putting a line in the sand, and you can check that out at their terms of service on their website. So based on that, it's not my preferred podcast media host. It's why I don't talk about it on the show all that much, but I recognize that they're a big factor in podcasting with 80,000 podcasts on it.
1: Uh, Following back to your question you asked about Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals. Jason Bryant in our chat said he got a small clamp for his webcam. That's it. Don't have in-studio guests right now, so no reason to buy gear. Uh, So true, hey?
0: uh, Yep. So Betsy, uh, to follow on to our first question of the episode, she asked, Does it count that I finally got a domain name that will work for my podcast for the first year at a discount? I I bought some really bad ones several months ago that I will let lapse. And I bought a pop filter for the mic. Nothing else, sadly. Uh, so, yeah, I will count that. You bought a domain name. We were just talking about that, if that was a deal. And and Stephen talks about this all the time. Getting either web hosting services or URL domain names on on the cheap on Black Friday is always a benefit. And if you can get into that cycle of updating it every better <laughs> every better Friday, every Black Friday, <laughs> then you're going to be better off for it. So, yep, I would consider that to be good to go.
1: So, I want to mention, uh, oh, you go ahead.
0: Well, I just finished the pop filter. We talked about that the last <laughs> time she was asking questions. I'm glad she got one.
1: Uh, for sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention this came up on the 21st of November. Uh, we, I, I was looking at a YouTube comment that came up and I I'll admit what I do here. So I've built, I've done a couple of videos on YouTube for the Zoom L12 where I've done walkthroughs. I did my initial one. And then after a year of use, I did a year follow-up. And, and I walk through a bunch of different features and apparently people like it because they're, I get overall quite a quite a bit of positive feedback and views on those videos. Well, There's a lot of comments on there. And I will admit that I don't respond to everyone, even though I see a lot of them. Because at some point, unfortunately, I have to move on with my stuff. And I can't. uh, And sometimes I have to spend other time elsewhere. And I appreciate the views. And I appreciate the subscriptions. But as a hobby podcaster, I don't always have time to go in and comment on every single one. But I do often read them. And sometimes I'll go and respond and then respond to some of the most recent ones. And Sometimes I don't know the answer to the question so because they might be asking music related and so I don't know that. And I and I kind of hope if I don't if I leave it open someone else might come in and answer that and that does happen on occasion and so you know it pays off there. Well someone commented that one of the complaints that I had early on about the L12 was now solved. And this is something that if you want to go to betterpodcasting.com, you can find, I wrote a little article on there. If you want the short URL for it, it's, and by short, it's a little long. It's geeks.link slash Zoom L12 USB update, And I'll have that in the show notes over at betterpodcasting.com if you want to check that out. And I walk through the new features that are added on, uh, the feature that was added on there and what it is is the L12, the way it was designed, is the USB from the board into the computer was channels one and two. So essentially, if you wanted to have a stereo device pull that in, you ended up um, only getting channels one and two because it was only taking as the left channel one and as the right channel two. And this is a problem because... If you wanted to be recording the whole mix of your mixer, like how we do here, where we want to take that and stream that out or record it as a backup or whatever, those ended up at the end of the tail on tracks 13 and 14. So it didn't work with stereo applications. You could get multi-track all 14/5 fine. But with a stereo application, you couldn't get that without some form of other workaround. So like for me, the easiest workaround I have was I got a UMC 202 HD and it's not my main recording source. So I just went from the main output into that and I was off to the races. Well, in the L8, they actually fixed this. So obviously they saw that it was a problem. I actually emailed them early on to see if, if, you know, there was a way to work around that. And they said no. Um, And the L8, they made a change so that that was fixed. Well, apparently in September, they updated the driver software. And if you look at the log, there's two entries in the history. There is like the first version and then version two point something, which was like a significant number jump. There's no other indications in the log of what was changed. And they added the ability that you could go and change that USB input so that tracks one and two are the stereo mix which is great because that is a problem that a lot of people face. I know we've had people uh, comment on that YouTube video, but in our Discord and email over the years. For me, I eventually, like I'm using the L8 right now. And anyways, it's a whole other conversation about not getting content down on it. But I want to get back to the L12. It's a little, It's a lot bigger, but I just like it a little, a little bit better having the extra inputs. Occasionally, I want to hook up an extra mic or whatever, and I've got the L8 full. I, at, when I do that, I can actually get. I could probably from my workflow remove the UMC two hundred two HD. So,
0: yeah, that actually opens it up for a possibility for me. So, if I absolutely had to buy something right now, I would buy the L twelve because I could make it work. It's not my preferred thing, even with that, but yeah, I I, I can make it work right there. Uh, also, I want to talk about one question that was in our discord, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. Damien asks, uh, Stargate Pioneer, some friends are talking mics. What microphones, what is the Electro Voice model you prefer, as well as what is the Sony mic you have talked about liking as well? First of all, I'm using the Electro Voice RE320. It is not a microphone for everybody. It's not a microphone for Steven. He's tried it before. I don't like his voice on it, but I like my voice on it. So it's very good. I know the Electro Voice RE20, which is more expensive, is considered by many to be. Uh, A number one microphone right next, dynamic cardio microphone right next to the uh, Shure SM7B, which I don't like. I won't go into that right now, but I have always thought that eventually I would try an RE20 and go from there. But the RE320 has been working great for me. As for the Sony microphone, I actually don't like uh, any Sony microphone that I know of. What he was referring to when we discovered this in the chat was the Sennheiser MD-46. And that is the microphone that I was talking about. So, hey, if you want to ask us any questions outside of our live stream, you can come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Either us or some of the other very knowledgeable folks that are there can answer the questions.
1: So thanks, everybody, for checking out our live chat this week. Before we go, I'll give one shout out. Liberty Dude did make, actually, I think he was the biggest podcast gear purchase out of our chat room and us right now. He bought an RE20, he said. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, what what I was talking about. Which he said that he already owned a used RE20. So what he's looking forward to is a little comparison of, of new versus used of the RE20 to see if there's a difference in the sound. So uh, I told him, get in touch with us if you're willing to share a a comparison. I'd love to hear it.
0: Well, I know the RE20s from the 80s are considered superior microphones just because of the different hardware that they use uh, to make them on the inside, but I I like the new ones anyway. Oh, and uh, yeah, I would agree that he won, but Jason Bryant bought a couple of pairs of Air Jordans, which I'm sure he uses when he's podcasting to get out of the way of all those wrestlers, which are trying to bring him to the mat.
1: <laughs> if you do have any questions for us that you want us to answer in a future episode, please come to our Discord server. It's betterpodcasting.com Discord, or better yet, come on by our live chat room when we do record either this or the Better Podcasting main show, because when we're recording that main show, there is stuff that we talk about. We just kind of, talk a little bit after the show. It goes nowhere. It's just there for those who are watching us live and you can always ask us questions then. That's 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. And keep your eyes on betterpodcasting.com slash events because the schedule will be updated shortly for what December is going to look like because we'll be taking a couple of weeks off even though there'll be a little shuffle in this schedule um, and maybe an extra episode on the Better Podcasting main show. So check that out uh, if you want on the recording sessions on betterpodcasting.com slash events. Thanks, everybody, and we hope that you come back to our next live recording, but also check out the great content over on com. So for episode 22 of Better Podcasting live chat, I'm Stephen John Drew saying SP. Neither of us bought podcasting gear on Black Friday. Are we even able to keep hosting Better Podcasting?
0: Yes, because we're talking about being good with our money. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.